Welcome. This is Stories from Los Angeles, hosted by Eric Ramos. Welcome, everybody. My name is Eric Ramos, and I'm back here again. Uh, this time around, I have Ariana Rodriguez, and I like to pronounce the R every now and then whenever <laughs> I can, but um, she is a fashion design director at a fashion manufacturing company, right? Yes, exactly. Um, so would you like to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I'd like to start a little bit with um, where's your, what is your background as far as like where did you grow up around L.A.? Because this is an L.A. lifestyle podcast. As you can see, we're both here in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. As you can see the 101 freeway behind us. And so what's your story? Uh, I actually grew up in the city of Whittier, so I've lived there my whole life. I grew up pretty much dealing already with the industry, but more at home base. My mother would actually make wedding dresses, so I kind of fell into already in that craft. So um, it wasn't the idea that I wanted to actually be a designer. It was more something that was just already there, because originally I actually wanted to be a pediatrician growing up which is completely the opposite really (laughs) yeah yeah and just as i started getting older i started adapting more into the fashion industry seeing my mom sewing every night helping her with any last minute adjustments at home since she would sew at home and as i started getting older i started making my own clothes and i started realizing that it was more of a direction i wanted to go to since i always liked doing art i used to do murals and um, just paint every day. So I started adapting that and um, kind of mixing both of them in and decided to go into fashion school. While I was, by the time I was in high school, then I decided that I wanted to get into the fashion industry. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So you can thank your mom yes. for basically Inspiring teaching you like the, the free, the free at home lessons. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's nice. Yes, yes. Would you say you're very close to your mom because of that? Is your dad in fashion? In, uh, no, my dad's not in fashion. My dad was uh, more into, um, uh, he worked for Amtrak. So him, he was actually more working the night shift. So most of the time I was with my mom, she would do late nights sewing all night long, doing big weddings or prom dresses in general. So yes, um, we are closer because of that. So um, we would always work on projects or if I had projects, she would help me out too. Nice. Mm-hmm. So at what age did you start putting together your first piece? I would say maybe around 15. I would start drawing up my dresses and I would actually have my mom make them. And then little by little, I, when she wouldn't have time, I would start cutting things up, hot gluing stuff, or just hopping on the machine and seeing how things would work out. And then I started buying like patterns from the store and started utilizing them to be able to make um you know, dresses. So that by the time I actually went to college, I actually had that knowledge and it was easier for me just to jump into it and start sewing myself. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And obviously I already know, but um, you went to FITM in yeah. downtown LA, which I also went to FITM. And it's funny because you and I used to work together. And mm-hmm. um, that was the thing that we both realized very early on that, holy crap, we went to the same college. Exactly. And uh, FITM, for those who don't know, is the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandise. Yes. And you went there, what years? I 
went in 2006 and then I took a break because I got pregnant and then I came back and then finished um it was winter of 2010. That's awesome yeah and your story is more unique because a lot of people have the you know like they just go to college they graduate and then they go to school but then you had a little call it uh, a little blessing along the way yeah, yeah. that uh -huh. basically you needed to put your whole attention and of course your energy into um so how long was the break um i would say about a year and a half but in between i was still going to FITM and actually doing uh, workshops because they wanted me to continue so i wouldn't forget you know any of the information so i would go back and i would do uh, drawing workshops sewing workshops in between while he was still like a, a newborn. So it would take two days out of the week, go back to school, so I can just keep it going. Nice, mm -hmm. well, you know, having a kid never affected your passion. No. Because I think no. a lot of people like are very afraid of that. A lot of people are just like, oh, kids, kids. I mean, I'm a little afraid of that, not gonna lie. Uh, to me, sometimes I feel like me balancing a child. I think I'm still like a child a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah it's good to have that inner child. You need that inner child. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think now now that I'm getting like a little bit more, a little call it a little bit more um, experience in my yeah. career. I feel like now I'm like okay, I feel comfortable now to have kids. But the fact that you already had that feat that most people take forever to take on, you already took on it, and that's really like really awesome. You know. Um, when you came back to work, I mean, back to work, back to school, um, did you just complete it right away? Yes, I right. did. I did. I mean, I'm not going to lie. He did mess up a few of my projects before finals. So <laughs> it was a little tough because by the time I graduated, I think he was about a year and a half or two, I believe that, like two. Okay. Yeah. So like the terrible twos were starting to Oh, yeah. Start. Yeah. Writing on my textbooks. Um, I would be cutting fabric and I had them ready to be sewn. He would pop up from underneath the table to try to scare me and play hide and seek and he'll spill a drink all over. It was actually tempurado all over. <laughs> it was like 40 pieces I had just cut and I started to cry but I'm like, there's nothing I can do just to redo it again. <laughs> and so it's funny. not his fault. I mean, he's a child. You're very patient so, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what champurrado is, <laughs> champurrado is basically a hot Mexican drink with, um, what is it, uh, harina? <laughs> it's not actually it's um like maseca you actually put maseca on so it. it's just like well everybody makes it differently so i wouldn't know i mean oh. it's like hot chocolate with a little bit of maseca to make it thicker and for those of you who don't know maseca is and it has cornstarch too basically corn a corn based mm -hmm. drink pretty Pickles. sweet yeah but anyway Depending. back to yeah. you back to you <laughs> okay so um how was your your, your college experience um because your ethnicity is, is Mexican? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you ident identify as Mexican or do you identify more of as an American? No, more Mexican. I'm more Mexican than anything, I would say. Yeah. How do you think that um, L.A., like living in L.A., has like your Mexican experience uh, been nowadays? Nowadays? With everything going on in the world. I think nowadays it's more acceptable. When I was in college, I was probably, out of my classes, there would be like only two Hispanic people in there everybody else was abroad mm. so it was a little tougher to actually be more so when i would be more into my culture people would kind of look at you like what is that it wasn't as common as it is now like now you have people adapting to different cultures which is really beautiful but back in the day i think it was a little tougher in that situation like to make so, connections yeah. friends yeah yeah it was mm -hmm. a tougher time uh, yeah. cool i mean not cool but at the same time oh well, yeah i mean it was again you would just 
everybody would hang out, I would say, in their own little groups. Maybe it was like two, three friends. That's how it was. So. Yeah. And uh, what was so, so? Would you say your 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 FITM experience was positive? At, like as far as because you came in with a background already from your family. What did fit did FITM make you like understand things a little bit more like structured? I would say so because again, um, I was used to doing one off. Mm -hmm. And there, I mean, I actually learned how to actually get prepared for a manufacturing world. Say if I mess up, I have the pattern there. Growing up, it was more, I made the pattern on the fabric and I just cut it up. If I mess it up, oh, well, here I go again, you know, to do it again. And this was more of learning how to actually make a pattern from scratch, keeping it. And then if you mess up, you already have the pattern again that you can redo it without a problem. Right. Like in a more global scale, Correct. your skills mm -hmm. can be applied. If you want to manufacture it, it's there. Okay, awesome. Yeah, because I think my experience with FITM was also, I would say it was pleasant. I think it Same. taught me, like you said, we had that creative background, yes. but then kind of polished it and like, this is how you will apply it in the real world, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah, thanks. I mean, we're not being, and we're not being paid by FITM <laughs> no. to, to give this positive like, <laughs> no, feedback. No, no, no. Right? no, it was actually like uh, very organic as for as artists. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people want to go into fashion, but don't realize how difficult it Correct. is. Correct. Right? Correct. I do have a lot of friends that graduated the same year as me, and they're actually in a whole different field. Because you really do have to be passionate about it, mm -hmm. because it is a tough industry. It's a tough industry to be able to even get a job. And um, if you don't actually have the patience for it, then you won't last. Right. You, have to, you need to have skill and patience. Correct. Which are two, Correct. Mm -hmm. two very difficult things for yes. a lot of people, yes. which I'm glad you have, because as design director for, I mean, it is a multi-million dollar company. Uh, you guys have big clients, uh, like uh, plug a little bit, just, uh, like Yamava Casino, Correct, right? In yeah. San Bernardino, mm -hmm. which if you guys don't know, Yamava Casino, it's one of the big SoCal um, casinos, like Native American yeah. casinos. And they just had a multi-million dollar rebranding in the last recent years. Yeah, and correct. And I think you and I actually were able to work on a project together on yes, that one. Yes, we, we, we did. We made patterns mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. and so you kind of customized um, a lot of day-to-day -day work, uh, like more of the corporate side of of fashion, right? Yes. So, exactly. um, what are some of the like like projects that you've really enjoyed in your career with where you're currently at? I would say. Um, Probably one of the funnest was when I first started, we did have a, a chef that wanted to create a superhero. That was when I first started working there. It was a superhero because what he did, he did um, healthy eating for kids. So he made up a character and we had to make that character come to life. And we actually did the costume for that character, which he was like a superhero chef. And... Um, he pretty much went to different countries to try to teach kids about nutrition. I think the casino industry is creative in the sense of um, just coming up with the different types of outfits that casinos wear, depending on their brand. Um, there's more like yeah. creative freedom, it's, it's, right? Yes, correct. There's more creative freedom in that sense, other than just a typical uniform, you know, like for a restaurant, which is more basic structure yes. this is what we do mm -hmm. boom give us the, the only thing you can play need. around is with color combinations and um now with all the technology sublimation you're able to actually brand more uniforms in that sense if i would say mm -hmm. right custom graphics 
And so memorable projects to me, it's like, I know like in, in life, some people it's like, how do you find passion? Or how do you find that inspiration? The fact that the fact that these projects, do you ever feel like a lack of inspiration? Like when there's a new project that comes to you? Yes, I actually do. There, there's times that really that now that I freak out, I just wonder, okay, let me take a couple steps back. Let me see how I can actually find an inspiration. Like I said, I'll probably either listen to music because sometimes some projects will come quick. I'm like, okay, I already know the idea. I know what I'm going to do. Some projects, it really takes time to actually be able to, you know, come up with ideas to be able to tackle on what the customer wants, actually. Oh, so, wow, yeah. wow. So you, you do hit like a brick wall every now yeah, and then? Yeah, every now and then, yes, it, it happens. How long did, when, when did you get your first like, like fashion designer job? Um, I'm trying to step back. My first designer job was actually an internship. An internship? Yes. Was this so, during, during college or after? It was actually right after. Right after yes. college? Um, was it, was, it paid? No. Oh. So, but it was actually a really uh, cool place to actually intern because it was a vintage recreation um, business. It was a very small shop in downtown LA. And um, all we did was vintage recreations from actual patterns from, you know, back whenever it, we needed to, like from like the um, late, late 1800s, like oh. actual physical patterns that, you know, the owner had that we had to be careful that she would actually make us put it like on um, manila paper or anything. And we would work from those original patterns. And right there, we actually got to do vintage recreations for museums and also for different films and um, TV, um, you know, like segments. We were actually able to do the show Pan Am. We were able to work on that. We were able to work on True Blood. So it was for a lot of films that we were able to do, but everything was like... For HBO, basically, because yeah, Pan Am and, yeah. and True yeah. Blood was HBO, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. That's so cool. So yeah. early on, you already had like really like pretty much Hollywood experience. Yes. And that was worth, and I think nowadays a lot of people like they kind of want the world, they, the moment they graduate, it's like, I need to have top director <laughs> yes. jobs, right? But they don't even put in the work. No, Because no, no, no. I also had internships too. I think that's where a lot of people don't realize, like, if you want to succeed in, in, especially in the creative industry, you kind of need to be put in the work or like earn some stripes because you the do. moment they throw you into like, let's just say into a corporate job, like it's sink or swim. Mm -hmm. And most exactly. people sink very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I'm glad that you also had that experience of kind of, um, that's a very valuable, like, like, I guess, skill that, I, to, that you want to, you love what you do so much that you're willing to do it for free so you can learn, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, and after, how long did, were you in that internship for? Three months, actually. Three months? Yes, it was a three-month internship, so. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And so did they give you, like, a, like, a, after, like, when you were done, you were just, like, a recommendation or anything like that? Yes, it was just a recommendation. So from there, then, I was able to actually move on to wherever industry I wanted to, and I actually landed in a fashion job in downtown LA, too. So that was, so. like, your second, your yes. first official job, job. Paid job. Not where you're at right now? No. Okay. Yes. How was that like? Um... Very different. I mean, when you go into fashion school, you want to be into fashion. But when you're also in the manufacturing fashion side, it's very competitive. Because if you actually go to downtown LA and you see all the wholesale businesses, 
pretty much everybody copies each other. It's not much of inspiration. You have to be actually on top of what's in the trends. Know, the trends. What's making yes. money. Yes. Right. Yes. So that's when I realized that that wasn't for me. I wasn't into, I wasn't into the fashion and following the trends because I've always been more into the historical side, like costuming wise, that was always more my passion, but I didn't like the idea of having to always be on top of researching and seeing what's new, seeing what's selling. No, it wasn't my forte. And, and what was this new or like this new job? Like what, what, what industry? It was more in the, I would say kind of like your, your, not like not your tween, I would say like contemporary, more contemporary fashion. So it was more of um, just fashion tops that we were designing. For women? For women, correct. Okay. And uh, it was a very small um, business. And I had to be working with um, the designer and, and, I'm sorry, the pattern maker and the sample maker. So it was just us three in a room just constantly. And the funny thing is that um, it was a language barrier, but that didn't stop it because we would just do sign language to each other. Really? Yes. What were the other um, nationalities you were working with? The pattern maker was Korean. She didn't speak English or Spanish at all. It was just certain words she knew. So either I would just do hand signals to her and she would understand. Then our sample maker only spoke Spanish, didn't speak any Korean or any English. So at least I was able to communicate with him but it was in a lot of sense that the three of us had to understand each other in a way it right. was very funny but we got along you know it didn't matter but just the whole experience it was a different experience but it made me realize that the fashion industry in that in that part of the fashion industry wasn't what i was actually passionate about right mm -hmm. it's such a testament though like the fact that like fashion or any i'm assuming this is in this i've experienced this too like I'm in a different industry than you, but the moment that passionate people or skilled people come together to create a goal, it doesn't even matter where they come from. Correct. The uh -huh. point is, let's get this project out the door. Even if we need to like point out this, mm -hmm. write things down, make yes. a little drawing, we'll get this yes. done. And that's to me, that's that's I love hearing stories like that because it's like, damn, you you didn't. I guess like it's an unorthodox way of working. But it, though you did it, and that's, and then when once you start growing your career, like once you start meeting other people who are just as talented as you, you're like, ah, oh, thank you, right? A little yes. you're just like, okay, because you've been through it the makes ringer. it yes, it makes it easier to be able to you know to work, but yes, it's, it was a, definitely an experience. That's awesome. And so, how long were you in that job for? I would say about a year. A year. Yes. What was it that made you want to like pursue a different career? Because I know you said that the inspiration wasn't there it was more like okay this is what we need trans and i'm assuming you found a different job that yes i was already looking into um, another job so um i actually had applied to a couple of different places and i had gotten hired at two places mm -hmm. and i had to decide which one i wanted to go with which one of them was designing gowns which i loved also yeah um, and then the other one was the manufacturing job which i'm actually in and just set on the atmosphere and seeing everything, I got sold right away. So I decided to go on that direction and leave the gown job I was offered. Where you're currently at. Correct. And yes. did you start as as a director like for the for your department? No, I actually started as the assistant designer. Oh, my first yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. I started like that, and then 
um, I actually would help out the designer and then I would also help out the pattern maker so I would do first uh, production patterns. I would get like the rolls of fabric and I'll start cutting swatches or cutting the samples myself. Um, it was more of a hands-on, you know, starting like that. And then as time went on, I would say within the almost a year that I was there, I got offered the head design position. So right. then I took it. Because you were so much better than the, the previous person. Just I, <laughs> I possibly was. No, I don't okay. know. Um, I was just very hands-on and more passionate about it. So, um, you know. The, they our, saw that. Yeah, like, they saw that. So then from there, I took on that position. And then I've been there since. Yes. How many years have you been working in the company you're, you're employed at currently? It's actually going to be 12 years in February. 12 years. 12 years. That's yes. awesome. Mm -hmm. You never look back. No. After that, no. and honestly, working with you, the the I, I think it was like two years that I was there. Like you're very easy to work with, and the fact that when you get into a career into an industry and you find people who don't give a shit about what they do, it makes it so much more difficult. I think you and I we have an, a person in mind that was part of the team that yes. always caused issues and problems and was like always trying to like like. I guess drop the guilt onto somebody else. Uh, the fact that we could like lean on each other when it came to that uh, that I guess those projects made it so much like like easier for us and at the same time very like thankful like oh my yes. god at least you know what you're doing at least you care and then whatever I need like to me even as as a guy. Like the fact that you would come and like, hey, I need this, this, this right away. Even if it came with a please, you were always nice and you were always like thankful. You, you never, I felt, I never felt like a demand from you that was, didn't come in from a nice, like a, in an elegant, nice way of saying, hey, I need this, please, thank you, also no rush, but I do need this, like, like, did you learn that skill of like asking for things um, with experience or is that something that you kind of learned along the way? Well, I would say just growing up, my mom would always actually make us, you know, we always had to ask things politely. We always had to have a good attitude towards somebody if you don't want people to treat you a certain way back. Mm -hmm. So just growing up, it just became a habit and the same. I mean, I wouldn't want somebody to yell at me and demand something. If they demand something, I would want somebody to tell me also in a nice way or at least respectful way, you know. So that's just, it just became a habit and... I mean, I'm always grateful for having um, the people who work around me. So yeah. I try to give that same. Back. That's cool. Mm -hmm. it, se it seems like you kind of learned that from your mom then. That's kind of yes. like those mm -hmm. uh, director skills, like how to ask for things, but in yes. also a nice way, right? In a homey, like family environment. Yes. That's really cool. Um, was the previous, uh, I guess, call it the, the previous director that was there, was, was it a, a female or a male? She was a female, uh -huh. but again, she didn't get along with everybody. So it uh, was more of, there was always tension there. So um, Constant clash. Yes. Mm -hmm. Got it. Mm -hmm. uh, do you ever find it difficult as a female, um, as a Mexican-American, uh, to, to, to pursue your career? I've came across many situations that way, yes. I mean, people will assume right away certain ways just because of your ethnicity that they'll kind of crush you down or they won't expect that you're going to get to a certain level, you know. So 
Um, it, it has, I mean, but all I try to focus is on what I want. I try to ignore everything around myself because I don't need that negative environment to kind of push me down. I know where I want to be at, so I just continue to pursue as much as I can. Somebody tosses me aside, then I just get back up and start all over again. The art is yes. basically that you grew up with. Yes. Um, kids, I, I've, I've seen your sketches. You sketch, you design, you draw. Yes. Did you learn that on your own? Did your mom teach you those, those how to draw? No, well, since I was younger, I used to draw a lot. Like I had mentioned before, um, I used to paint a lot. I used to love to draw murals on the wall. So even at home, I still have a lot of the walls that are still painted that my parents would let me paint the walls. They're like, so as long I as it's nice. That. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That's so, really cool. So as long as like they would tell me, as long as it looks nice, go for it. If you paint ugly, then now I'm going to paint over it. <laughs> so <laughs> they yeah. were honest about yeah, that. Yeah, they were, but they would actually let my creative freedom just go. So I used to paint a lot. I used to do a lot of art shows when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a skill that was already there. And I just put it onto the fashion. Nice. What kind of painting, like what kind of paints did you paint with? Like acrylic? I did a lot of acrylic and watercolor. And then I started on oil. Oil is a little bit more, you have to be a little bit more patient, but I do oil more for portraits. Nice. Mm -hmm. Do you still like paint on the side? I haven't painted about in a year or so, but I do want to get back into it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, well, I know you have your hands full because on top of your corporate uh, career, like career, you have your own like personal projects as well, right? Yes. That yes. you kind of uh, focus on. Um, I'll let you take on that one. What do you focus more on on your private projects? Because you do a, a freelance project, yes. right? Yes. So on my freelance projects, I actually do more costuming. Um, I do some evening, but I try to focus more on costuming, more like stage wear, performance wear. Um, I've for a while actually focused a lot on recreations of mariachi uniforms, like outfits, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, I would take in the concept and then just completely do a twist on it, but still respectful to the mariachi attire. Um, I did the outfits for a band that, well, the original members of this band called Metalachi that were around here in LA. They were LA based also. And their theme was metal music, but redone in a mariachi version. With so, instruments yes, from with the mariachi, instruments. traditional yes. mariachi. So yeah. a lot of them were actually mariachis, but that were also into metal or classic rock. And they got together and formed a band like that. And each one of them had a theme. So then I would create the theme for most of them that based off of whatever that character was yeah so and it's so mm -hmm. funny because i i i actually went to go see that band from a previous date before my current relationship uh that she wanted to go see them and i was just like metalachi like what is that like <laughs> like i know mariachi and i know metal but i was like that fusion sounds very weird to me but regardless of, i still went and i i mean it was it was a pretty cool blast just kind of seeing two genres mash unexpected genres Mash and actually sounds so good. Like, yes. shout out to Metalachi because when the I when I saw them and then just a full circle moment, <laughs> the fact that I ended up like a year or two later meeting you and realizing that you were the 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 designer behind that, I was like, whoa, what the heck? What a small world! <laughs> and like, I mean, they were owning the persona. I feel like that's what the the power of your skill. Like, it gives people that confidence to really 
like be themselves, whatever it is they're portraying in on a stage, whether it's on a runway, whether it's on a, an, an event. Do you does that give you gratitude in, in like the things that you do? Like that's the, the things that like ah, oh, this is what I do it. For? Yes, actually, when I would see them perform, and I would see, I would forget even. Oh wow, I'm like I did the outfits, you know. Um, it does. It it makes you feel really proud, and it actually inspires you to actually push yourself for more. Yeah. And because of them, I ac they actually opened the doors for me in the mariachi industry. So I started getting other people that were into the mariachi that wanted a complete different uh, outtake on the mariachi outfit. So that's how I started actually making different types of mariachi outfits for different artists because of them. Because some of them either wanted more of a take as a vinyl or pleather and... Um, I went that direction, so I started actually working with different artists that wanted a different take like that. So it, it was fun. I mean, I still have those clients and I still actually work on mariachi outfits. Right. Yeah. So and then from that, I also was working on Day of the Dead costumes, too. That was actually a big thing for me. I used to always um, create themes depending on what I felt like doing my first way that I actually created my outfit, it won a Katrina contest. And I had dedicated it to um, fallen Mexican actors and musicians, just iconic people. A Katrina, I know, and I know this because I'm Mexican as well, but a Katrina is basically like a fancy gown, right, lady with the big... Uh, the big hat, hat yes. right? Yes. Like the That's the original uh -huh, Katrina. Of like, okay. Just wanted to make sure for people because uh, you and I know what Katrinas are, but I like to like explain sometimes Spanish words to people. Well, who, yes, because just the term in general is just dressing very elegant. Just like how you say a male, a Catherine, he's very dressed, very elegant. Mm -hmm. It's the same way. But the artist I created that Day of the Dead named her was La Catrina, and that's how it became known as a Catrina. And I feel really bad for not knowing the artist, but the, the time <laughs> at the period, top of my head. The time period for Catrina, Catrina of that, of that, um, call it that staple in our culture because it, that like you said that image became almost what is known now no or really put out in day of the dead um the time period you know more better about time periods in design fashion what what time like what would you say that fashion of that katrina was would would say like 1920s no i would say 1800? 18 late 1800s late 1800s because hats like that were worn more in the late 1800s right yes and early 1900s which was still kind of a victorian look oh, okay there yes. you go that's what i was looking for mm -hmm. like the victorian look and even the gentleman with the mustache yes with the curls right yes on uh, the top hats so yeah um it's so crazy how like that victorian influence even made it into our culture which is so funny right like yeah I, I just realized this right now um and that's what I love about art, fashion, that it can influence even traditional, like, cultures. Because that's to fun. me, I think um, the mashing of cultures to me is something that I personally love. I, this is why I love living in L.A. I personally, like, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Um, just because there's always, add, like, there's always something new here. Even if, like, yes, right now, I guess post-pandemic, there's been a lot of issues going on in our city. But I feel like the 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 heart and culture of art here is like very well alive that it is do you feel like or like are there any like subgenres cultures that you like getting influence from for your work um 
to be honest, I'm very much into my culture in general. I think that's my, um, like, well, what I depict most of my designs because that's what I usually focus on. I do look at other historical um, moments in life, like I said, like history-wise, because I love history, mm -hmm. to try to depict it into my inspiration, but I actually generally go back to my roots. That's where I usually try to focus more on anything. And if, yeah, there's something that's going on very, like, um, I would say like a, a trend, sometimes I'll hop on it, but I'm more into very traditional. So I'm very old school in that yeah. sense, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've also talked about the culture you also been on and like you i think you mentioned it earlier uh a chicano elegance yes right uh, tell me a little bit more about that so that show um it was actually in february of this year it was a fashion show that was it brought up different um latino cultures together it was five different designers different um cultures each designer had their own um specific style which made it really interesting as a fashion show because we had um one that was more of the pachuco look so we had a designer that she's strictly and she's a personal friend of mine too she focuses on um just the pachuco fashion male and female pachuco fashion uh we had another uh, artist too that she was more into the aztec roots so all her collection was more aztec inspired um we had another designer that she focused on the Day of the Dead. So hers was more like um, traditional, like sarape uh, styles and all that. And then mm -hmm. another designer, it was street fashion, but also with an influence of a Peruvian fashion. Mm -hmm. And then my stuff was more, I would say, I like to have fun with um, evening wear. So mine was kind of a, I would say a mixture of cultural roots and also some fun pieces, but it was all gowns that I did. Gowns and then I believe two sets that were more, like I said, influenced with the whole mariachi stuff that I do. And there was also actually pop-up artists and other designers too that had displays too. So you got a sense of our whole culture, like different, like Hispanic culture, different aesthetics, hat makers that were there too, but all over from LA, which was beautiful. So it was like, a, we don't have that many events that bring um our culture together like in fashion week so it was during fashion week oh, okay so it was nice so now because of that um it became a hit and they're actually going to start doing them every year but i believe upcoming year is going to be in june and you were the first, the yes. first year yes we were the first year i was a part of the first year and it was actually a really nice event and it was actually here in la too at I don't remember. I think it was like LA River Garden. It's a very beautiful venue. It looks like it would be a mission. So the runway was in the middle and um, there was water fountain. So it looks just like a, like a mission. Where was this there. at? Or what like city? Because um, when you say LA, I mean LA. No, it's called be... LA River Garden. Oh, right here, like LA River Garden? Yes. And what's... I think that's what it's called. Was it here like by like the, the Dodger Stadium? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. It was held right there. By the river walk. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that to me, like, I remember seeing your stories and I was like, oh, look at her. Good for her. Like the fact that you're getting your work. And I, did you walk the runway? At the end? Yes, I did. Yes. After all my girls walked, um, I was able to walk with them at the end. 
and um, just be happy that I mean that I was able to finish because I mean it was stressful months having to construct everything because I did everything myself. That's what yes. was my next question. Mm -hmm. Like, how long did it take you to get all that work for that moment? Like, I did, eight months, you said? No, I did everything in three months and I, while I was working full time. Three months? Yes. So every three night months. you were just kind of like, I was sewing away, away lack of sleep every day, and I was able to finish 10 outfits. Yes. 10 Cut. outfits yes. for one show. Mm -hmm. Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah, it was, it was. So, how long? So three three months, how many days? That's like ninety days, divided. So every nine days you were pumping out a new kind of. Pretty much, yeah. After as soon as I got home from work, um, I would start working on the outfits up until I was able to, you know, stay awake. Once I got sleepy, then I had to stop. Yeah. Yeah, and there was other days that I mean, when it got closer, that I wasn't sleepy <laughs> to try to finish everything. And I think mm -hmm. I do recall like seeing some of your stories, kind of like you at night, just like this with your. Like with your <laughs> at your desk with all your stuff, like I need sleep, yes. like set help or set coffee yes. or something like that. Do you work to me like working under pressure, do you like it? I do. I'm actually one of those terrible people that I prefer working under pressure. I won't say start working ahead of time to work on something. I feel like I get more inspiration when I'm in a rush. And I I know it's bad for certain things, but I love working like that, pressuring myself. <laughs> I think honestly, I'm kind of the same way too, where there's something about when you take too much time, almost like you feel like you start second doubting yourself. You kind of start like, well, I could do this, I could do that. And then you start having all these ideas and you just don't know where to start, right? Yeah. Where you're sometimes right. mm -hmm. under like a pressure, you're like, boom, here. And you start kind of start like, <laughs> yes. you start going with your intuition. And yes. that intuition sometimes is like that, that, that raw artist of, your, of you kind of coming out. Because it's forced. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's forced to come out. And, and yeah. Uh, so the working under pressure. Do you think at like your corporate? There's your personal clients, and then work. Do you feel like your your corporate career job is like very high paced? It can be at times, but I think um, since usually everything has its time it's more of um, a normal pace we'll have certain um i would say projects that you really have to rush and you have a certain amount of time and you have to figure out how you're going to make it happen but other than that i think at home it's where i get the most pressure like they say we're our worst you know credit uh, i mean critic sorry more. Yeah. yeah and um it's just that way i mean i work more at home than i work during my day job <laughs> in what sense in the sense that i put more like all my whole energy as in the sense of um i overwork myself i was just put like i said my whole brain is completely tuned into my projects in that sense um, i stress out even more but it's more of i guess what i love to do because it's a reflection of you, right? Correct, yes. Whereas a corporate job sometimes, it is, it's, you're kind of given instructions of what the client wants, yes. right? It's not your vision in that sense. You're just helping their vision come to life as opposed to when you work on your vision and it's, 
your baby, you want everything to be perfect. So you do stress out that you want it to come out perfect or you want people to understand in reality what exactly is your vision. I think a lot of artists struggle with that because there's a lot of talented people that I know sometimes who are not successful in a career in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. Because I think corporate environments, you need to separate the artist from the, uh, I would say, probably work. Yes, the money. I know what you mean, yes. Because, um, yeah, if, if you try to be like, my vision here at work with this client, but the client doesn't want that. Yeah. And so you kind of have to, it, it, you kind of have to learn how to like, okay, they're not attacking my abilities. Yeah. They're just have a specific vision and ultimately they have the money, they pay for it. So therefore the customer is always right. Yes. Did you ever work customer service? Like any experience before that? I think when I first started, it was tough for me, just like you're saying, having to design something for somebody when you put, your idea completely and having to understand that again it's not that they don't like or respect your idea it's more that you have to wrap around like they say sometimes it can be your idea but you wrap it around in their vision it'll work but having that mindset where you do have to understand that it's not about you you know you have to work for what the customer's vision is yeah and um it it was tough at first. Now it's like you understand, you're like, okay, you know what, let me put myself in their shoes as opposed to, nope, this is the direction it should go, you know? It, 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 and it does make it um, tough, but as you go on, it's just, again, working on their vision and not letting your ego surpass that. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, and obviously you're a testament to your own success because you were able to, to even continuously be that director right now in, in a fashion company. Um, is there anything else that you wish you could tell yourself when you were younger? Like, hey, you probably should think this way if you want to succeed, other than what we just mentioned right now? Yes. Again, coming into the ego, because when you get out of fashion school, how we were saying, you think that you're going to go from zero to 100 and you have that mentality coming straight out of school yeah. and it's not like that <laughs> you know you have to really learn that you have to start from the bottom and when i started it was that way i would get mad a lot because i wanted to push what i learned in school and it's not like that especially when you come into a company that's been there for a long time you have to adapt in the way they're already working they work yes not yeah. the way you want to work you're not going to come in and implement new rules when they already have their set rules and being young yeah that was hard for me because i started there at that job when i was 23. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so basically being more coachable yes, uh, yes. A, being open to actually um learning from yes and learning from others instead of you being stubborn i would say that because yeah when you like i said when you're young you don't want to hear other people's opinions and it's good to actually hear people out especially if they've been working there for a long time um, you learn to actually, well, learn the way they actually work. Yeah. And it helps out. It does. It does. It definitely does. And if you see your results on the way they even work, because you learn. I've even come across, and this is something that I like. I re I, I told you recently um, when we were outside that sometimes in a career environment you will find that people that some positions are given to people who have absolute no knowledge in your skill. But yet, because they're friends with somebody, 
they get the position and now they're telling they're basically kind of criticizing you and you kind of have to be hyper aware and have that intuition like wait you've never done what i do like you're not even able to replicate what i'm doing if it wasn't for me and that's when you kind of realize like i need to get out of here because there's, there's no growth here yeah right and that's the that's the kind of what you said piggybacking off that to me like i always tell people like yeah always be coachable but be aware who's coaching you yeah because there's some there's some dummies out there like not trying to be mean but age does not translate into wisdom no (laughs) and you're right and i wish somebody told me that earlier because there was many times that i felt like i was kind of like you know just blindly following people because that's kind of what we were raised you respect your elders Mm -hmm. and you do as you're told by your elders and sometimes in the corporate world it's not like that sometimes it's just people who are very greedy with like because of money yes and they've like i have i'm this position i am or the fear of you taking over their position too <laughs> exactly i think that's mainly yes. it that they're so like they go they probably go to sleep like thinking like oh this person's so much more talented than i am yet i am the director so i need to act like the director yes but i'm glad that your wisdom like really like everything you've said like really does like add up to why you're in the position you're in um i was going to ask another question like um how has it been balancing your like romantic platonic relationships with your career if you don't mind me asking of course because i think these are real things that people like us sometimes don't really realize like hey this is difficult like sometimes it can be difficult having a partner and a career at the same time so how did have you how did you balance out your 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 relationships, um, whether it's platonic and relationship? I mean, or or, yes. or romantic. Um, as far as you know, romantic, I would say it, it was very challenging because you do have to find time to give the person attention as well as you know work wise. There was many times that we would disagree in that sense because I would overwork. And I didn't have enough time you know, to, to pay attention, which is understandable. Um, at times, it worked out perfectly because he would hop on and he would actually start helping me with the gowns. Do you need me to sew on trims? Do you need me to get on here? So it was either he kind of adapt to either I jump and help her or I step back. So most of the time he would jump and actually help me to try to actually be able to get things going because he would see that I would get stressed out or wasn't. But it is, it's, a, it's very tough because, again, we all want to get there and you could only get there if you actually have a partner who's backing you up and has that same mindset to actually move up. Because if you don't, then again, I mean, things don't end up working well. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, what about your, like, just platonic relationships like your family, your friends? Well, just family-wise, my whole family is very supportive. So I always make time for family. Say, um, maybe I'll have a day out of the week where I say, I'm not going to work. I'm only going to focus on family. Um, I do have mom duties. So I do have to space that out also. Go to work, you know, go do mom duties and then actually work. So usually that's why I work so late Mm -hmm. because I take time to actually do my work after I'm done with all the duties that I have to do. Yes, there's certain times that I actually get straight to work and my son knows too that I'm very busy in that sense. So certain days, he's the one that actually will help me. Hey, do you need help on this? Or he just knows it's a day that I'm going to actually be working and focusing my work. But 
I mean, just in general, going out, I do set time to go out, but I think I work a lot more than going out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And and is there a reason why? Like, it's because because the people you... Because I'll be honest, I feel like even nowadays, dating has become very difficult because of the apps. Because it's like, shiny toy here, shiny toy over there. So it's like... People are very easily distracted. Like, what are qualities that I feel like nowadays that you feel are, are, are the most attractive that don't jeopardize yourself and your career? Well, to be honest, I mean, it is difficult because I haven't been on the dating scene or anything because I've tried to step back because you're right. I hear stories from different friends as a sense of, you know, I went out with this person on this app and this happened. So it kind of made me realize like, you know what? I'm going to go the old school way, back away. If time comes, you know, I'm going to eventually meet somebody. But it is scary because you start to think all the aspects of what if I jump into something and this person's against everything that I do or it doesn't support my career or just, a fiasco in my in the way I think so mm -hmm. yes it, it is difficult and um, I think right now I'm just taking a break to focus on myself you know and um, try to actually take advantage of going out a little more a little bit more and actually enjoy myself because it's it's been a, a long time that I actually didn't put myself first I would say when you do things that are not work-related does it complement does it go along the lines of like fashion or is it completely like 180 like nothing to do with fashion but I like it because it helps me not think about it it about actually work. I would say that I do fashion things here and there but it's more of something completely different it can be just me being around um, animals like in the sense of horses more like a ranch type of environment oh because you have animals right yes yes so that will actually help me relax. It's just being away from everything. If I can go to the woods and just be there, that's me. I try to step away from everything just to kind of get my mind back in place where I want it to be or just go to a park or go to a meditation session or just, you know, just relax, that type of stuff. Um, I don't go too crazy going out or anything, no. I usually just tend to keep calm and be more off to myself because like any job you, things can be stressful yes. right and so that's what really helps you balance yourself out do you often feel like you just need like a day you need like a whole month a week off to to do to like get back to it usually with a day i'll be good enough i don't think i've taken a week off in a long time <laughs> so usually a day would help me kind of reset yeah yeah okay cool because to me i think it's like it's important that I always tell people like if you feel a little burnt out like just don't even think about work and sometimes I think a lot of people who are passionate some people take the approach like no I can't I gotta get stay to work and some people are like yeah I'll just check out um, when it comes to like like um, friends because some friends know that you're you have a certain skill has there been any time where you kind of have to tell friends like, hey, I can't or like, no, like a boundary? Yes, <laughs> it's happened, actually. 
a lot that um, sometimes I need a break, but then some of them will keep pursuing like, hey, can you make me this? Can you do this for me or whatever? And many, many other times I will, but I think as of late, I've put myself into the position like, no, you know, I need to put myself first. No means no, because I would always say yes to everything. Yes, 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 you know. Do you think and that affected you negatively? Yes, I think so. So now I actually say no, you know, and I know when I'm able to and when I'm not. And um, because, yeah, when you're burnt out, you're burnt out, like you're saying. And before, even if I was burnt out, I would still continue to work. And it, it is, it, it does take a toll on you in health wise. And then I did have a, a health scare too uh, because of overworking. So that's what kind of forced me to be, to take a step back. If you don't mind me asking, even if it's not too personal, what kind of scare was it? I think from so much, taking on so much work, I actually suffered a mild stroke. What? Yes. Back in October. Of this year? Last year. Oh, last yes, year. Yes, last year. Because besides my job and then um, the fashion show that I was working on, I was also doing a time, a time capsule for Sheen too. So I did a collection for Sheen also. So, so I was doing, Sheen. yes. So what? I did all those three within a time period, having to do everything. And I think just from all the stress and then lack of sleep, I ended up um, getting a mild stroke. First, I didn't notice up until my sister one day in the morning came and she's like, hey, what's wrong with your face? What do you mean? And I looked at myself in the mirror and yeah, my half of my face was already like drooping. So I went to the doctor and because um, I did get like a feeling like my chest was hurting, but I was like, okay, it's probably anxiety. I ignored it up until I noticed my face and I went to the doctor and then it was because of that. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Yeah. That's wild. So, mm -hmm. so after that, I said, nope, you know, once all this is over, I need to actually start focusing on myself and pace myself and not take in more because I didn't know how to say no or because I thought this opportunity is not going to come around. So I'm going to take on to it. And yeah. So now I'm like, I take things a little bit slower and I actually am more careful in taking care of things. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's very important. See, I didn't even know about that. Like, you know, Ian. Do you, are those things you kind of keep more personal to yourself or is that something like you would go and be like, hey guys, put it on, because you didn't definitely, did oh, you no, share that on, I, on social no, media? No, no, definitely not. I'm more of a private person when it comes to my personal life. So no, I don't, unless it's something with design or anything, then I'll post up. Other than that, then no, I don't. I usually keep everything to myself. So, I mean, not too many people knew, obviously the people who did see my face, they saw that when I smiled, I looked sad because I would, you know, my face would droop from one side. And it did. It lasted, I mean, a couple of months till I got adjusted. And I appreciate the honesty and the, the vulnerability of like allowing me to ask that question. Because I think even as professionals, we kind of need to help each other out and like not. I feel like in a work environment, sometimes people can be a little brutal. If you share things like that, they'll just be like, like, oh, suck it up or like. Yeah, brush it off. <laughs> or you're just being like, you're just being extra, like yeah. things like that. But it is, it is, it is nice to know that. Um, that you're able to kind of just sit back a little bit and just be like, okay, let me prioritize me because the artist is a big part of me. But then there's this body that I live in that I need to kind of make time for. Yes. You know? And so um, I'm sure like there's so many like, like professionals out there that sometimes even like, and this is what I feel like social media kind of, or like even media kind of needs to like bring a human element to everything they're saying or doing mm -hmm. because sometimes I feel like reality TV shows they just show like this perfect glam world and it's like <laughs> yes. like 
even like if you've seen any fashion are there any fashion shows that you like like on tv i used to watch um making the cut you know like that it was like um kind of like a spin-off of um project runway on what on what channel or like what no actually just on on netflix i used to watch it yes never heard of it yeah so um i used to watch that a lot and it it was kind of the same thing of having to rush and everything but Right there, I, I would say in the fashion part, they do make it a little more dramatic in the sense of getting hurt or having a nervous breakdown. That's more like, okay, you know, I, I get that because that's happened, you know? But other than that, no, I haven't watched it, but I know what you mean, that everything is too perfect. They don't have that much issues and the issues that they do have, it's... They blow it out of proportion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it almost like they make it comical. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool because like you as a professional, like seeing, knowing like... The, the background behind the scenes you kind of you, you're able to point out like that's not real that's not real mm-hmm. that's not real but overall it's still entertainment right yes of course you still watch it <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious well i think that's pretty much like a lot of the questions that i have from your part i think it's i think it's you brought a lot of realistic side uh like stories of fashion into here like uh into our podcast because this podcast to me is like again it's something that i feel very passionate like bringing people on that again i'm not a fashion designer but i did see a lot of the passion that you kind of brought like you made it very easy to work with in in a very like corporate environment um you also forgot to point in like you're also very good with like graphic design Yes. Because you're, you don't, you, you said that you draw, you drew and paint, which is something that you grew up with. And then of course, with your mom, um, she helped you a lot with like actual getting the, the call it the basics of fashion design, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where did, when did you pick up graphic design? I actually picked up graphic design at my, the day job that I have, because sometimes when we had customers and we didn't have enough time, I kind of started learning to do graphics from there to be able to uh, respond to the customer quickly. So as time went by, I started taking different courses or just learning on my own to actually adapt that into my skills too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you say you picked that up on your own, like just like courses online, like, so like yeah. did you pay for courses or did you just... No, just from learning. I mean, basic learning videos. that I would take like little... Um, like YouTube lessons, if I wanted to do something, I would just search it up and then I would go ahead and learn from there. Just basic things. And then as time went on, I started learning more stuff. And now thanks to AI, I mean, they make it even easier for anybody to be a graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, you picking up all those three tools. Are there anything like other like talents that you think like have contributed to your success in a, for your career? For my career? Well, for one, again, just the drawing now, I do sketch now more on my tablet as opposed to um, sketching with on paper. Mm-hmm. So learning Photoshop and all that has helped me actually enhance uh, my skills on sketching. So now I don't have to, say, take time on trying to make the fabric look real. I can actually just do tools now and adapt it to make it look like the fabric. Oh, so thanks yeah. to like Photoshop, Procreate, it makes things much more easier to be able to adapt to that. Because previously, that's a great point that you just brought up. Previously, it would take you longer to make like a fabric look like something. Yeah, where now yeah. you just kind of you had to layer everything. It now it's like 
they have special brushes that it's like laced. It already has perfect lace that you can create before. It's like, I actually had to have like, I'll get like a piece of lace and either brush off, like I'll use either paint or eyeshadow sometimes even when I would create sketches by hand. So now it's like, it makes it very easy. I mean, I still try to draw to keep the skills still up to date, you know? But other than that, yeah, no, it, it's helped out a lot, learning Photoshop, Illustrator, and like Procreate. So be open to change. Yes, Essentially. Yes. It took me a while to adapt, because I said, nope, I'm still gonna stick to drawing, you know, drawing by hand. But then when it came to coming up with a quick sketch, I'm like, no, it's the tablet. Yeah, yeah. I'd notice you have your tablet yeah, with I you do. right there on your purse. That's hilarious. <laughs> and you have your pet, your, your, yes, your because now it's like hand. you can take a picture of something, bring it to your sketch, and then work from there. Do you mm -hmm. do you often get inspiration? Like sometimes on the fly, where you're just like, oh, I have to take a picture of this. Like, yes, I do. So I think I have more pictures of things or screenshots of other stuff inspire, like to give me inspiration, than pictures of family. <laughs> So if I look at screenshots, I'm like, oh, wow, like I, I'm like all those screenshots that I have, it'll be like 10,000. I'm like, Ugh. your feet is yeah, yeah, so like it's mainly, like, yeah, like, because sometimes you'll get ideas out of nowhere or that's why I always carry like a sketch pad because then I'll see something I'm like, oh, wow, that would be a good idea for this. Or I'll write words down and then I'll go home and then I'll sketch something out. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Have you find uh, and, and like kind of piggybacking on that? Um, are there any like specific uh, iPad or like what's it called Windows platforms that you that you think are superior than one another? Well, personally, I think I've used Windows, but I'm more of um, for tablet wise. I use my iPad for everything, but yeah. at home I do have a PC. Yeah. So I work from a PC. I also have a Mac, but I work more on the PC when I'm on my desk. But when I'm on the go, it's always my iPad. It's always because I have Photoshop and Illustrator on there and Procreate. Yeah. So it's my go-to. Sometimes I even forget I have it, you know, and I'll still be sketching on a piece of paper. I'm like, wait a minute, I have the tablet. So then I'll start right there. But that's my go-to. Yeah. I think ever since they came out with that, with the iPen, it's... Would you say, like, that you're very good at picking up a new skill, like, um, that doesn't require too much like like reading or like are you like what i'm trying to say is are you like are you like a visual learner yes i am yes mm -hmm. were you were you good like when it comes to like you know traditional high school or did you were you like a 4.0 student i wouldn't say 4.0 i would say more in the threes but not 4.0 oh trust me i wasn't either <laughs> i was i was like i ended up i think at 3.6 3.7 3.8 somewhere i would always just Kind of balance yeah balance that's that's those. how i was i just could never get an a like 4.0 like a's all the time i think it, it depending on the subject like i said if it was history or art it was always really good mm -hmm. but when it came to english or math it was kind of a let me just write it through <laughs> yeah yeah did you ever like experience like a very difficult time with your career like a shift change um that you I don't know that you've seen or heard from other people like hey this is really screwing our industry is there anything like that that you like overall heard anything um well i actually well, it depends i think in the industry of what industry you're involved in uh-huh because what's ta taken an impact again it's online like um companies mm. that have been taking a toll and that's more on the fashion side because um 
different fashion websites everything's it's overseas as opposed to here that there was more fashion jobs in that sense mm -hmm. now i mean there is more fashion jobs that you can do like i did a, a time capsule but it's not you don't see jobs that people are in long-term fashion jobs here as much anymore so it has changed because now it's they take in different designers which is understandable for fashion they want to take everybody's different styles yeah so you're not that has affected people's full-time jobs as being as a staple like designer oh right yeah. like so the... i mean there's somebody new and young they're gonna want to see their fashion as time goes by you know we're gonna switch it up okay following year we need x amount of new designers so all the companies are being like that now oh where they mm -hmm. give yes they'll give you the experience but they yes. won't make you like a full-time no. onboard employee yes because they want that those new fresh ideas they kind of want freelancers to mm -hmm. work with yeah yes. i could see how yeah. that, they could really be affected especially how things quickly move and at school me because I, I know what a time capsule is the traditional time capsule is but what is a time capsule oh, okay. for a fashion well, company i have no idea what that it's is it's called a time capsule because they give you a collection for a certain season but it's only for that season again like we're saying so you only design for that season and your own collection and um, they'll get somebody else for the next season so it's always like a different set of designers just like i'm saying oh, okay so they'll create their collection and it's like your time capsule because you only had it for that time and then they bring out new people so it was a, a a fun i would say a fun experience to actually learn how to do that because you really do start designing you actually have to talk to um the pattern makers overseas to see if they're doing your designs they'll send you a photo is this do you approve this or not so it was a, it was a good experience but that's the way it works just like that got it and Sheen, is there, is there, did you ever post about that? Your, your... I did. I actually posted when I, it came out. So you do get a percentage from designing, which is, yeah. which is nice. And it's, and it's fun. It's a good experience. And to also actually add to your resume as well. But yeah, that's the way it works. And I think that's how a lot of fashion companies are starting to work. And that's how they make it big. Because I mean, everybody has a different idea that they're not going to want, say, me as a designer to keep doing my vision every single time. It's not going to hit everybody's um you know diverse. Their, their diverse style so they're always changing designers all the time Very so that's cool. why you have a broad um website full of different designs for the same reason because it's multiple designers yeah i feel like e-commerce has uh, especially the big jumbo companies in fashion have really opened up to like a wide cast to, they just cast a wide net yeah that's sometimes like i'm glad it speaks to everybody but i do you do you like that or sometimes do you like like very specific like like companies where they just focus on a certain like niche yes i'm more of just focusing on a niche because i'm not so far into wearing the latest fashion not as much like that so um i usually stick to companies who have their set style mm -hmm. i mean i do don't get me wrong i do buy from the websites too but being at this age now and i see that clothes keep getting tinier and tinier. I'm like, I'm not for that anymore. <laughs> so I stick to certain companies because I'm like, I'm not going to wear a crop top, at, you know, right now. <laughs> but yeah, I'll stick to other companies that do have a style that, you know, that I'm more into or they already have their, their you know, their, their, their fashion already that I'm into. It is what it is. Yes. And that's how they like it. Besides, if I don't make myself my own clothes. Nice. Nice. Do you, are you a big, do you often visit, obviously I'm assuming you visit the fashion district often? Yes, I used to go every single weekend. Now, I mean, I'll go once a week 
but I try to limit myself because I'll get to the point that I'll start buying things for my project. I'm like, okay, I'll have a list. That's why I try to make a list because before I would go and I would see stuff that I liked and then I would buy it and then I would buy it. So then I started accumulating so much fabric, so much trims and um, without making a project. Right. So then you end up becoming a hoarder. So now I just limit myself to once a month. I'll make my list and I'll push myself to only buy what I have on the list. So yeah. I won't go out splurging on items I don't need. And what happens with like, let's say fabric that you bought, like purchased and it just sits there for a while. What do you do with it? Do you just let it sit there? Oh yeah, I have shelves and I look at them like, I'm going to come back to you. I already know what I'm going to make. And I do have in mind what I'm going to make. A lot of them I already have sketches for it. I just have to sit there make time and actually complete it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, whenever I want a project, I just leave, I leave something of a reminder, like just put it in a place where it's not supposed to be where I, so it can bug me <laughs> and then I'll get around to it. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> That's I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to try that. And so inspiration wise, I know like sometimes I feel like a weirdo because I like, I, I, I feel like my inspiration sometimes comes more when it's like at night when things like I'm not a morning person. I think I want to say that you're not a morning no, person I'm either not. based on remember how we used to work together and yeah. like we would just come out like what's up in the morning and then <laughs> like zombies yeah okay within the first two hours yeah no I, I have to work at night only and people find it weird I mean because again like you're saying there's morning people but I even when it comes to painting sometimes I'll end up painting I'll start painting like at midnight and that's usually when I'll get my inspiration or sewing wise I'll start around like 10 o'clock to one or two in the morning and I'm like okay sure. but that's when I work the best yeah if I work earlier no I start stressing out so I just wait when everything is calm I would say and then you show up to work the next day yes <laughs> <laughs> cool yes. is there anything else you want to share before we wrap things up because I feel like we've dug very yeah, deep I think into, so like, too. into your career and like the fact that being in, uh, you're, you're a native Angelino, right? Like yes, you're, I am. You're mm -hmm. born and raised in LA. Um, do you have anything to say like for other people like in the next generation that like want to get into fashion or people who are from uh, different parts of the world who are probably <laughs> listening to this or like I think in, in general states? for fashion, you really just need to be patient. If you're really passionate about it, all you need to do is have patience because it'll take you far if you're actually patient. If mm -hmm. you give up, right away i mean it it doesn't work that way that industry it's a tough industry to break into yeah so you really have to just take your time with it and be open to actually working for free for quite a bit of time yeah you're very soft-spoken but you're very tough because i've seen you in very high stress situations where i was like wow the way they like like they came at her i was like and you kind of just like let it let it fly off your shoulder yes i want to give you kudos for that because i don't you. think I, I don't think i ever told you that before that you're you're very tough in and especially when it could be a lot of like a male environment right um i feel like you also like don't let a lot of things affect you when it comes to like even like certain comments because i feel like i probably i get more affected when it's like when people come at me like i'm like you're you're being a dick <laughs> what's going on here like why are yeah. you attacking me and i feel like you're actually very tough on that did you learn that like just over the years kind of like just yes i did actually um i just try not to let things get to me or stress out because i've noticed that there's no purpose mm 
and stressing out because it's not going to help me in any way if I do get stressed out. Yeah. So I turn, I just learn to manage to just take it in, breathe, and just go ahead and work through things. Very cool. Plus, I have a kid, so I have a teenager, so you learn even more through that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Last question: um, Do you feel like inspiration wise, like when it comes to like um, just do it kind of mentality is there something else like like a higher power that you feel like sometimes you rely on or something something that whether it be like an object whether it be an idea that you kind of feel like it's also helped you in your career as far as and how could be religion could be like i don't know uh it's very specific uh call it uh activity I do. I mean, I do. I, I pray a lot. I pray and I'm always grateful for everything I have. Um, so the God, I always think first. Yes. I also do meditation a lot, which has helped me. So I'll do a lot of um, binaural beats or any um, like I'll listen to frequencies, which will actually help me be able to get into that mental state and relaxed. So what, I do that a lot. What was the thing? The beats thing? Binaural beats, what, which is that? like brain like wave sounds that'll help your brain oh i've never even heard of that yes so i'll listen to that i'll put my headphones and i'll work and um to try to actually get into more of a calm state i feel like that's a little bit of mixture of like traditional and kind of new age kind of like yes uh, of things to balance yourself out so that's really cool because i think sometimes sometimes people just stick to one thing and you kind of take a little bit of here a little inspiration here yes so i try to focus like again to try to take care of myself more mentally and then physically in that sense. Awesome. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you I for having me. I genuinely appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here and, you know, sharing stories from Los Angeles. Thanks for watching. Follow and subscribe for more. Keep in touch with me on stories.fromla on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you.